Good morning, everyone. It is Wednesday, June the 19th, 2019. It is currently 9.17 a.m. Central Time. Well, I was sitting here reading my Bible, and I came to Psalm 140, verse 13. Psalm 140, verse 13. And as soon as I finished reading Psalm 140, verse 13, I kind of said to myself, okay, this is a pretty simple verse. I can break it down into two parts. The interpretation of both parts seems pretty straightforward, seems pretty simple. Okay, and, and I got ready to move on to Psalm 141, but I decided to stop and go, you know what? Psalm 140, verse 13. Let me look up how this verse shows up in other translations. And, and I remember that I'd seen like a little devotional article about Psalm 140, verse 13. So I went and read that article. And the next thing you know, there was a question that I had not considered. And I started thinking about it. And then I thought, you know what I'll do? I'll pick up the iPad, I'll hit record. And I'll share this question, share this idea with, with others. And hopefully it will lead people to spend some time today meditating on the Word of God, meditating on Psalm 140 verse 13. It will challenge them to try to answer this question. And then hopefully by placing the Word of God in front of everyone and placing this you know, at the in first place in your mind, putting it at you know, the forefront of your mind, this will lead you to talking about the Word of God. Always, I'm always trying to motivate Christians to discuss the scripture, to talk about what they're reading, talk about what they're studying, talking about you know, a, a, a sermon they had heard, trying to get Christians to engage in conversation about the scriptures. It should be, it should be a natural thing. It shouldn't be something we have to force. If the scriptures really are in, the first, in, in first place in your thinking, it's going to show up in your speech, okay? What, what dominates your thoughts shows up in your speech. It's the way it should work. But some Christians, they, they rarely talk about the scriptures. It's, it's, it's just interesting. I, I don't know why that happens, but it's true. All right, so Psalm 140, verse 13. All right, you ready? Let's, let's work our way through this. This should be relatively quick. So let's start with reading the passage. Psalm 140, verse 13. Psalm 140, however you want to say it. Psalm 140, verse 13. It reads like this. I'm reading from the King James Version of the Bible. Surely the righteous shall give thanks unto thy name. The upright shall dwell in thy presence. Surely the righteous shall give thanks unto thy name. The upright shall dwell in thy presence. So let's break it down into two parts. Part number one. Surely the righteous shall give thanks unto thy name. All right. Those who are declared righteous, those who are, who, those who are followers of God, they place their faith in God. They're seeking to follow him. They're seeking to live out a righteous life. Those who are righteous, thanksgiving should be a natural part of their life. If we are Christians, if we are seeking to live to be righteous, then thanking God is not something we should have to work to do. It should be something we naturally do because as Christians, we naturally want to thank God every day for life. We know it's a gift. We want to thank God every day for our daily bread. We want to be thankful for his provision. We want to be thankful for his blessing. We want to be thankful for his salvation. We want to be thankful for his mercy, his grace. We want to be thanking God continually. We want to, we want to thank God all the time. 
So surely the righteous shall give thanks unto thy name. We want to constantly be giving thanks unto God. It's natural. It's a part of our existence. And if it's not, we, we, that means we, there's probably a spiritual problem. That means we are, we're not spiritually healthy. Thanksgiving. It should, we, I thank you, Lord, for today. I thank you, Lord, for life. I thank you for breath. I thank you for food. I thank you for shelter. I thank you for salvation. I thank you for the fact that I can approach the throne of grace. I thank you for all your, your, you know, for your provision. I thank you for blessing me with all spiritual blessings. I just, I thank you for your word. I, you know, I thank you for, for so much. I think Thanksgiving should be a natural part of our life. So surely, surely the righteous shall give thanks unto thy name. It, it's, it's like, the way it's written, it seems to imply, uh, surely, obviously, this is what the righteous will do. They will give thanks. All right. Straightforward, pretty simple. Convicting, but pretty simple. Now, the second part, part two. Part one is about the righteous giving thanks. Part two is about the uprights dwelling where, the, where they will dwell. Look at this. The upright shall dwell in thy presence. The upright shall dwell in thy presence. All right. That seems straightforward to me again, right? Righteous will give thanks. The upright will dwell in thy presence. The implication is, and this is the way I first thought of it. Okay. The, the Christian, the believer, the one who is righteous, the one who is upright, will dwell in the presence of God. And I was thinking of it from a perspective of eternity. While I'm living here, I'm constantly giving thanks. And one of the reasons I will give thanks is because surely, okay, obviously, I will spend my eternity in the presence of God. I will dwell in his presence throughout eternity. I was looking at it from a, an eternal perspective. Seems to be straightforward, but this is what happened. Let me find it here. I had a little devotional article here. And this is how they have this written, all right? They have a, uh, it's, it's called Righteous Praise. And it says, surely righteous people are praising your name, all right? Uh, the King James uses uh, uh, thanking or, or, giving th or giving thanks unto thy name. They, uh, they translate it, the translation they're using, surely righteous people are praising your name. Same concept, if we're truly believers, if we're truly Christians, giving thanks should be natural and praising God should be natural as well. But this is how they state the second part. The godly will live in your presence. The godly will live in your presence. Okay, they change it a little different. The upright shall dwell in thy presence. The godly will live in your presence. Now, initially, I, I, thought, I thought the same thing. Okay, they, they changed the wording here a little bit, but it's the same concept. A believer will dwell or live in the presence of God in eternity, right? It, it, this is speaking of my uh, future dwelling place. But look, they, they ask two questions in this devotional article. What does it mean to live in God's presence? Number two, do you live in God's presence? If so, how? If not, why not? What does it mean to live in God's presence? Do you live in God's presence? If so, how? If not, why not? And immediately I stop and go, wait, 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 wait. Let me go back and read Psalm 140 verse 13. Because my thought was, wait, what does it mean? I mean, my thought was, this is about heaven. 
So what does it mean to live in God's presence? Well, you see, I die, okay? I die, and I go to dwell in the presence of God in eternity. What does it mean to, what does it mean to live in God's presence? It's my eternal existence. It's my eternal home. Or if Christ returns and takes me to be with him, I will dwell you know, in a glorified body, glorified state, no more pain, no more suffering, no more death in the presence of God. But obviously, that's not how they think about this. What does it mean to live in God's presence? They, they, obviously, they're not asking that question if they have heaven in mind. And then obviously, the next part, the next question makes it obvious where, what they're thinking. Do you live in God's presence? Well, they can't be writing that to people who are in heaven. So they're asking people right now on earth, do you live in God's presence? If so, how? If not, why not? The implication is you should be. So here is my question for you today. Is Psalm 140 verse 13, Psalm 140 verse 13, is it speaking of me, you, as a believer, dwelling in the presence of God right now? Is it referring to us living in God's presence right now? Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. It's Wednesday, June the 19th. Are you living in God's presence? If so, how? What does that mean? And if not, why not? Uh, what, is Psalm 140 verse 13 speaking of you and I right now dwelling in the presence of God? Now, we got to remember, sometimes in Old Testament language, if they talk about dwelling in God's presence. Are they speaking of heaven or are they speaking somehow of the temple where God's visible presence was there, the Shekinah glory? Are they talking about the temple God dwelling in the midst of his people, the tabernacle, the temple. Is that the language they're using? Are they referencing heaven? So like if they were speaking of the here and now in the Old Testament, they could be speaking of dwelling in the presence of God, like God's presence in the temple, tabernacle. Or are they speaking of it in some kind of a spiritual way? Like, what does it mean? Like, if we say, I mean, first of all, we got to answer is Psalm 140 verse 13 talking about us dwelling in God's presence now, right? Is it? And if we, if we are, if we are answer the affirmative that yes, it is speaking about right now that I'm a Christian, I am to dwell in God's presence. If we, if we say that, how do we prove that that's what it's referencing? Is there other scriptures that talk about living in God's presence now? Can you think of some other scriptures that speak of, or that would, that would prove that as Christians, we are to dwell in God's presence right now? Now, obviously God is present everywhere at all times. So in one sense, we're always in his presence presence, but this seems to be going beyond his omnipresence to some kind of closeness, some, something else. What does it mean to dwell in God's presence? Is Psalm 140 verse 13 talking about you and me as Christians dwelling in God's presence every single day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, on this earth? If it, What other scriptures would you use to prove that point? This devotional article doesn't offer anything to prove that that's what Psalm 140 verse 13 is saying. They just assume that that's the correct interpretation. By asking these questions, what does it mean to live in God's presence? Well, obviously, they, that seems to imply they're, they're, they talk, they're talking about something now. Because in heaven, I mean, I don't have to explain it. I, I die and I now live in God's presence in heaven. So they clearly are indicating it means now. And then by asking this question, do you live in God's presence? If so, how? If not, why not? The implication is he should be. So first we need to prove, as Christians, do we dwell in God's presence in some meaningful way right now on this earth? What scriptures would you use to prove that point? 
And number two, if you say, yes, we are to live in God's presence now, how do we do that? How do we do it? Well, like, what does that mean? I mean, that, that, I, once again, sometimes Christians love some kind of, you know, this, this vague language. I am dwelling in the presence of God now. Or what does that mean? How do you do that? What, what does that mean? It's something to think about because if I'm supposed to be dwelling in God's presence right now, I want to understand how I do that. I want to know what that means, what that looks like, what's the implications of that. And I obviously want to explain to other Christians how they should, too should dwell in the presence of God. Something to think about. I know it turned into a, like a lot of questions there, but uh, that's, that's what happens. Again, I, I thought Psalm 140 verse 13 was pretty straightforward. The righteous will give thanks unto his name. That's just the natural way, way the righteous should live. The godly should give thanks. They should praise God. It's, it's a, it should be a part of our DNA. Our salvation should produce a constant desire to thank and praise God. And the second part I thought was very simple. The upright shall dwell in thy presence, or the way this devotional article cites it. The godly will live in your presence. Seems straightforward to me as well. Oh, that's simple. Yes, the godly will ultimately dwell in his presence. When I die, I'll dwell in the presence of God. I have, I have a promise of heaven before me, which should, another thing that should make me thankful. Seems straightforward in, in, in way to interpret it. But this devotional article seems to imply that this dwelling, well, in God's presence is something that happens now. And I've got, and if I, I need to answer the question, am I, do I live in God's presence? If so, how? If not, why not? Why not? What does it look like? If you if you go to many charismatic churches, right, um, during their worship service, they'll say, we can feel the presence of God. God's presence is filling this place. We, we're in the presence of God, right? And, and obviously they're speaking in a more, in a special sense because God is omnipresent. So, I mean, obviously that, that wouldn't, you wouldn't be, you'd be stating the obvious. They're speaking in a special way. Well, that means if you're in that church during that worship service, then you're dwelling in the presence of God. How did it occur? What does it mean? Why would you ever leave? <laughs> right? Okay, so like what? Again, I think sometimes Christian vocabulary, we use words because they become a part of our vocabulary and we don't ever even think about what it means. We're not very theologically precise in our language, but I, I really want to understand this, and I'm curious to know what you think. What does it mean? Do I have other scripture to prove that I am to dwell in God's presence now? And does those other scriptures answer how it occurs, or can you answer how it occurs? And um, if someone is not dwelling in God's presence, why why not? You know, what, what causes them not to? I mean, I'm, I'm confused here, and I want some answers. All right, I'll stop there. That is Psalm 140, verse 13. Psalm 140, verse 13. Please meditate on it. Ask questions about it. Uh, do some cross-referencing on it. And feel free to email me at newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. I would love to get your thoughts on this. Um, if you hear this um, little devotional thought, devotional question time, I don't know what we call this, um, let me, uh, well, if you, if you hear this, and this is what I wanted to say. If you hear this devotional thought, and, and you could hear this in a number of locations, please take a few minutes today and go to the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store and get the VBC66 app. 
the VBC66 app. That's where you can keep up with everything that I record, all of the content that we post every single day. Um, VBC66, VBC stands for Victory Baptist Church. The number 66 stands for the number of books in the Bible. VBC66 all run together. Please download the app. Apple App Store, Google Play Store, and then you'll have access to everything. And then share that app with about 3 million people and do so today, all right? Because I want the numbers to increase dramatically. All right, there you have it. Psalm 140, verse 13. Psalm 140, verse 13. Some devotional questions, some devotional thoughts for you to consider on this Wednesday. Everyone have a great day. God bless. Mm -hmm.